Thank you for listening to the Pentecostals of Bossier City Sermon Podcast. For more information, including our live webcast schedules, please visit www.pobc.cc. Hallelujah! 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 God bless you as you are seated this morning. Thank you so much for being with us in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to have our beloved son, Brother David and Sister Tammy, our beloved son and daughter, I might say. And Rhonda is here, where'd JP go? Y'all doing okay? Y'all are, oh, you're you're over there by your grandbaby. I see what you're doing. You see who won out today? Oh, you're by your daddy. I say good choice to both. Yes. And all of our other guests, we have some people in town. The holiday is upon us. Camp meeting begins Wednesday night, Tuesday night. And we're going to have a great week, I believe. I want somebody to preach to me. It is on the web. So Wednesday night, in lieu of our service, you're free to get on the internet and watch the service down there. Years ago, a few years ago, we went with four other couples to Hawaii. You ever heard of Hawaii? Am I saying that right? How many of you knew what I was talking about? Thank you. And so one of the couples, there were 10, there were five couples, there were 10 of us, and we had rented a 15-passenger van. One of the couples that was with us was just insistent that we take the road to Hana. We get on the road to Hana, and we get on the road to Hana. Down the road, there's these beautiful falls. Has anybody ever been on the road to Hana? A few of you have. And so we made our plans to go to the, get on the road to Hana, and we all piled into that 15-passenger van, and we got on the road to Hana. And it was a nightmare. It was just twisting, very narrow road, twisting, turning, up, down. There were a few beautiful places along the way. Most of it was just vines and trees. And every once in a while, we'd get a glimpse of the ocean. And we kept hearing, I know those falls are right up here somewhere. And finally, we were all very hungry except me. I was nauseated from. And so we stopped to eat at a nice little restaurant and decided some way or another we missed the falls. And so we had already been on the road a while. We had to turn around and we went back, back down that same winding road, narrow winding. Anyway, later on, we found out that we were only a few miles from the falls. Could have made it to these beautiful falls, but by the time we got here, we were done. We wanted to go home. In the book of Matthew 7, beginning with verse 13, Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many, somebody say many, who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way 
which leads to life. And there are few who find it. In the 22nd verse, Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And can you believe what Jesus says? I, I, did, I never knew you. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me kind of drive this home right here. We, we called you Lord, Lord. We prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And Jesus said, depart from me, I never knew you. Called them workers of iniquity. That's amazing, isn't it? That amazes me. In chapter 7, Jesus is closing out what I would consider to be the greatest message, the greatest sermon ever preached. He left the multitudes, the Bible said, in the beginning of chapter 5. He left the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and he called his disciples to him. In this message, the sermon, we call it the Sermon on the Mount, right? And honestly, it, it's probably the greatest message ever preached. He started with the Beatitudes. And he talks about blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are they that mourn. And I forget how many there are. Eleven of these blessed. And he, he uh, tells the, the disciples, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. In verse 20 of chapter 5, he said, I say unto you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus has some real black and white statements. It's like, if your righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And then, then he goes into all what I will call, I guess you'd call them juxtapositions or something of like this way. He said, you've heard this is what you've heard, but I say. There's a bunch of them in there. You've heard thou shalt not kill. But I say that whoever hates his brother without a cause shall be guilty before the court. Jesus said, I know what you've heard. Don't murder. But here's what I say. If you hate a brother and you don't have a good cause to hate a brother. Well, he didn't say good. He said, if you don't have a cause to hate a brother, you're guilty before the court. In other words, you will be convicted as a murderer. Be careful, he said, how you talk about your neighbors, what you call people. Don't call anybody a fool. Anybody here ever called anybody a fool? Be honest. Call somebody a fool, he said, you're in danger of hell, fire. Jesus was pretty tough. How would you like Jesus to be your pastor? He says things in these scriptures like, here's what you heard, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust Well, I'm going to overlook that because I made you guys and I know how you are. Is that what he said? No, he said, you've already committed adultery. You are an adulterer. That's what Jesus said. 
If your right eye offends you, pluck it out. Can't fathom some of these strong words of Jesus. If your right hand offends you, cut it off. If you divorce your wife for any other cause other than fornication, Jesus said, you make her commit adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Boy, you don't hear this a lot anymore, do you? Somebody's probably kind of scratching around somewhere wondering, where is Pastor Dean going this morning? You have heard that it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, and that's what the law said. But he said, we're going to raise the bar a little bit. I'm going to tell you, if they slap you on the cheek, turn your other cheek. When they just whap you real good, just say, here, try this side. Boy, we do that every day when somebody pulls out in front of us in traffic, don't we? Your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off. They ask you and force you to go a mile, go two. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. When you live a righteous life, when you practice righteousness, he says, be sure you're not doing what you're doing so people will see you. Don't do your works to be seen of men. Then he talks about giving and praying and fasting. He says, when you give, when you give your alms to the poor, don't let your right hand know what your left hand does. In other words, Jesus is saying, this, is, this needs to be something you do privately. It's in your heart. You're not asking for a commendation, a slap on the back. You're not asking for somebody to say, hoorah. I noticed you were given to the poor. No, because then your motives would be impure. So he says just when you do that, when you do that, don't, don't let anybody know. When he talked about praying, he said, go into your inner room, into your closet, shut the door. Don't pray to be seen of men. The Pharisees prayed that way. They made long repetitious prayers. The King James calls it vain repetition. He said they think that God's going to hear them because of their many words. But he said, I don't want you to pray that way. I want you to go in your closet and shut the door and get alone with God. And it's, it's just all this, quit trying to impress somebody. This is kingdom principles. I came to establish a new set of guidelines and principles for my kingdoms when you fast. When you fast, don't tell everybody you're fasting. Don't make sure the world knows you're sacrificing that day and you're fasting. Jesus taught about true wealth in this message. He told his disciples, store up treasures in heaven. He made this statement, you can't serve God and money. You can serve one or the other, but you can't say serve God and serve money. There's no compromise here. It's just black and white, isn't it? Brother Nugent told us years ago of a, of a family he was counseling with and he was trying to help them with their marriage. They were not actually people in the church, but they had sought him out for counseling. He looked him up one Saturday morning. They were building a new building. And he said, you know, my wife left me and I can't live without her. I got to have her back. And Brother Nugent said, I said, yes, I heard that. I'm very sorry to hear it. So he, he said, I called her this morning and said, what? do I have to do to get you back? She said, go get that money out of the safe and go give it to the preacher that's been trying to help us. Because I'm not going to be married to you and your money, one or the other. So Brother Nugent said he put a briefcase down, opened it up. It was full of $100 bills, $100,000. He said, here, preacher, 
I'm giving this to the church. I want my wife back. It's so quiet in here this morning. You can hear a mouse licking on cotton. <laughs> Walking on cotton. It's supposed to be licking on us. <laughs> Jesus saying, you can't serve both. You can't serve me or mammon. I know this isn't popular preaching for our world today. He taught about true wealth. True wealth. He said, put your treasures in heaven. And he said, quit worrying. Well, that's the strongest, yeah, I've got all morning. <laughs> you come on, Judith. I needed that today. I thought I was up here by myself. All right, thank you so much. Jesus, and he even specified some things that he wanted you to quit worrying about. He said, quit worrying about what you wear. Quit worrying about what you're going to be wearing and your food. He said, the body is more than raiment. Which one of you, he said, can add one inch to your stature by taking thought about worrying, and he said, look at the lilies in the field. They're not toiling, they're not spinning. But Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Did you know God sees a sparrow that falls? Be careful how you judge people. This is in his greatest sermon ever preached. Because Jesus said, the measure that you use to judge other people is the measure that's going to be used on you. Be careful when you're too tough on people. And he says things like, before you try to get your tweezers and magnifying glass and take a speck out of somebody else's eye, pull that two by four out of your eye. And he said, the way you want other people to treat you, you treat them that way. We call it the golden rule, don't we? And then my text. So it's almost like he just lays out the kingdom principles. He lays out what he's teaching. And he said, this is, this is the way it's going to be in my kingdom. And then he says, enter by the narrow gate. I get the feeling that Jesus is saying to these people, his disciples, I think what he's saying now, I've laid it out. What are you going to do about it? You have two choices. And in this parable, he lists two gates. You have a broad gate and you have a narrow gate, right? You have two roads. You have a difficult road and you have an easy road. You got two crowds. One, one, one crowd, there's not a whole lot of them. It's a few. The other crowd, there's a lot of people on that, in that crowd. And he said, finally, you have two destinations. One leads to destruction. He said, the other leads to life. Now, what are you going to do about it? You make a choice, you decide. Because we all, it goes all the way back to Moses in Deuteronomy in his final message. He said, I'm giving you two options, life or death. You, you can say, well, this road's too narrow, this road's not right, this is difficult. But he didn't, he didn't give them an escape route. There were no exits. It's like, here you go. So he said, you enter the narrow gate, the narrow gate. This is the one you've got to enter. I'm going to do a little throwback today. When, when I was a kid, when I was a boy, the Pentecostal movement was fairly young as it was having revival, and the old preachers had, they, had, they were accused because most people, even most people who claim to be Christians and religious know very little about their Bible. 
They kind of just depend on whoever's preaching to them to explain everything. And they just take their word for it. Well, when they started preaching this Holy Ghost and the things they were preaching, they were accused of not preaching the Bible. And so they would call randomly on someone in the congregation to read a scripture. Give me Acts 2.38. And so this way, so we're going to do a little bit of that today before I get through. Now, I'm not going to do it randomly because I'm going to ask my son to do it because I wanted him to already have the scriptures. I want you to see what Jesus said in Luke 13 and 24. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will enter, will seek to enter, and will not be able. Strive. Somebody shout strive. Strive, strive to enter in at the narrow gate. That word strive there comes from a Greek word that I will not try to pronounce because I can't even say Hawaii. You did pretty good there. <laughs> but it's, that Greek word is where we get our word agonize. So you understand Jesus is saying agonize to enter in at the straight gate as the King James says or the narrow gate. And you've heard that old term years ago. Well, I'm back on the straight and narrow. It came right out of the Bible, didn't it? Jesus said, you find this gate. You see, we're not born on the narrow way. We're born on the broad way. By default, you don't have to hunt for the broad gate. You don't have to agonize for the broad way. By default, we were all born in sin. The psalmist said it, the prophet said it, and later Paul repeated it. There's none righteous. No, not one. So in Jesus' kingdom, he's saying, this is something you have to find. Am I making any sense to you yet? Here's all my principles that I'm gonna establish in my kingdom and now I'm challenging you. You got two gates, two roads, two crowds. You've got two destinations and I'm challenging you. Agonize over this. Go look for this gate. Do what you have to do. Don't just casually make some little confession. Agonize over this. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. And all week long this week, I've been going off in my mind and I've been trying in my mind to see these two roads, these two paths, these two crowds, and these two destinations, the two choices. Two was always the number in the Bible. It started in the garden, didn't it? There was a tree of two trees the Bible talks about. One you can eat of, the other you can't eat of. In this same context of scripture, Jesus talks about two builders. And so he said there were two grinding at the mill. One was taken, the other left. It seems to be a pattern through the scripture because the Bible's not really vague about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It costs you something. And don't ever let anybody deceive you in thinking that salvation is cheap. It's not. And I'm not gonna preach a salvation by works message today, but I'm gonna tell you what Jesus said. That not everybody is going to heaven. In fact, he said there's two roads. One's got a lot of people on it. That road is going to destruction. But I tried to visualize what that crowd looks like on the broad road who are plunging headlong. The proverb said, there is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And I'm thinking in my heart, you know, we think of the broad road. I remembered just going back in my mind Maybe a year before we came to Bossier, I was up in New York City 
I am, I'm not a big New York City fan. I've been there, I think, three times, and that's probably enough for me. Give me a gravel road, okay? Just some dirt road somewhere, and let me talk to the cows. I don't want to talk to all those crazy people in New York City. But that night, the preacher, his name actually was Richard Tracy. They called him Dick Tracy. And he said, I want to take you to Junior's. Junior's is some famous cheesecake place, I understand, downtown, somewhere in that metropolis. And we went, and it was late at night. By the time we got there, it was nearly midnight. And over here, I saw this line of kids. And they were high school-age-looking kids, maybe college kids, I don't know, but they were five and six deep and they went all the way down the road and around the corner and we walked past them and they were waiting at, looked just to me like a warehouse door, like you were going into some warehouse. And I said to Dick Tracy, I said, where are all, what are they doing? He said, well, the club's not open yet and they're all waiting in line for that door to open. I'm like, my Lord, it's midnight. Well, they'll be in there all night. That's what I think when I think broad road. That's what came to my mind. You know, we see the broad road being full of people like Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin and Charles Manson and the serial killers, right? I want you to be reminded of who Jesus is talking to. He's not preaching to the Adolf Hitlers of the world. He's talking to his disciples and referencing the righteous Pharisees. Be sure your righteousness exceeds their righteousness. And when I read the Sermon on the Mount, it just always seems to hit me hard in my face. We, we really struggle with practicing some of those things. I remember sitting in front of a store in Dallas. My wife had run in to pick something up. This was a while back. And this bustling city and the cars fighting for a parking place. And, and it was like the spirit of materialism. It's like the desire for more. And I could feel that. I could just sense it. It may have just been me. I don't know what it was, but you could see the hustle and bustle in the cars. And I'm always wondering, what if everybody decides to leave Dallas at the same time? We're in trouble. You can feel that. And that's what I want to think about on the broad road. Do I have a few more minutes? Thank you. And I read this, Ryan. Brother Ryan, read 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the Do kingdom of God? Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators. Fornicators. Nor idolaters. Idolaters. Nor adulterers. Nor adulterers. Nor homosexuals. Nor homosexuals. Nor sodomites. Nor sodomites. Nor thieves. Thieves. Covetous. Covetous. Drunkards. Drunkards. Nor revelers. Yes. Nor extortioners. Extortioners. Will inherit the kingdom of God. They're not going. And such were some of you. Yeah. But you were washed. Washed. But you were sanctified. Sanctified. But you were justified. Justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of our God. Somebody ought to shout, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the the name. You see, that's the road I was born on by default. But because of his mercy, I can't do this by myself. I can't get there by myself. But I have a responsibility. Agonize. What road you gonna get on? What gate are you gonna go through? Agonize about it. Make a choice. You have a choice. There's two roads. What are you going to do with it? And then hear what Paul said in Ephesians 5. But fornication. Fornication. And all uncleanness. All uncleanness. Or covetousness. Somebody shout covetousness. 
Let it not even be named among you. Don't even let it be named among you. As is fitting for saints. Yes. Neither filthiness. Filthiness. Nor foolish talking. That's scary. Nor coarse jesting. Coarse jesting. Which are not fitting. Yes. But rather giving of thanks. Giving of thanks. For this you know. Come that on. No fornicator. No fornicator. Person, no unclean person. Nor covetous man. No covetous man. Who is an idolater. Who is an idolater. Has any inheritance. Has any inheritance. In the kingdom of Christ. With the kingdom God. of Christ and God. Notice what he said in Galatians 5 and 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. They're evident. Which are adultery. Adultery. Fornication. Fornication. Uncleanness. Uncleanness. Lewdness. Lewdness. Idolatry. Yes. Sorcery. Yes. Hatred. Hatred. Contention. Contention. Jealousy. Jealousy. Outburst of wrath. Yes. Selfish ambition. Yes. Dissensions. Yes. Heresies. Yes. Envy. Envy. Murder. Murder. Drunkenness. Drunkenness. Revelry. Revelry. And the like. Which, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What did he say in that last sentence, Brother Ryan? He will not inherit the kingdom of God. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not what we hear in Christian America today. We make heroes out of movie stars. We pay our teachers peanuts. And we pay basketball players 30 million a year. And most policemen, law enforcement, and firemen that I know work a second job. However, this is not what bothers me about the broad road. There's something else I think that stands out more than all of these because we know that even though we may somehow in our minds say God's gonna overlook it I'm just going to tell you, I don't want to give you false hope this morning. Because I believe the Bible. I believe Paul said what he meant, meant what he said. I don't think you're going to inherit the kingdom of God. I think you're fooling yourself and gratifying your flesh. And you sold out to the false prophet. Come on, help me preach now. Listen to what Jesus said. What is said about Jesus in Mark 1, verse 14 through 15. Now after John was put in prison, okay. Jesus came to Galilee. Came to Galilee. Preaching the gospel of he the was, kingdom of God. Preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's probably what I, we talked about in, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He preached the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. And what else did he preach? And saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent. Jesus said repent. Jesus said you need a turnaround. You need a change in your life. It's, it, godly sorrow worketh repentance. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. God being good enough to have you here today, that ought to lead all of us to repentance. But godly sorrow worketh repentance. I'm not sad because I lost my marriage. I'm sad because I broke the heart of God. Godly sorrow. I'm not just sorry because I didn't do this right or that right. I'm sorry because I'm not meeting up to what pleases God. Who's gonna go? He said, he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Clap your hands and shout to him just a moment. My precious, sweet brothers and sisters, it's always, it's always right to take the Bible. Now you can use it as a sword to kill or to bring life. And I would pray this morning that you will receive it because it's not always on my end. Paul said, when I preach to one, it's the savor of life unto life. To another, it's the savor of death unto death. It's our responsibility to agonize, 
to agonize. I want to find the right gate. How many of you want to find the narrow gate? Do you want to find the narrow road? I would tell you the crowd won't be there. Not everybody's going to be there. There's going to be a lot of people on that other road and it's going to be a lot easy and there'll be very little commitment required of you and there won't be a lot of cost to it but it's got a terrible end. When you get to the end of that road, it's destruction. You see, the difference is the people on the narrow road know where they're going and the people on the broad road, they don't have a clue where they're going. They said it looks good, it looks right, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Let us not in our hour get caught up in trying to make everybody happy. We don't need preachers that'll tickle our ears. We need a man or a woman of God to preach truth to us. Can I get a witness from somebody? Can somebody help me? I want to find that narrow road. I want to agonize until I find the narrow road. You see, it's not, it's not just, oh, oh yeah, Hitler's on that road and Charles Manson's on that road and This group's on that road and he's on that road. We all see that. But when I look at the crowd that Jesus was talking to, when I measure the congregation that he was speaking with, that's what terrifies me. It terrifies me. Because in our pulpits today, I'm going to upset some of you right now and I'm just going to tell you the truth. Our pulpits today are so many times filled with a sermon on how to get along with your wife or how to have a better marriage. And at the end of that, there's no gospel preached. There's no call for repentance. Jesus preached the gospel. He preached the principles and then he called people to repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent, repent. Then after the sermon on having a better marriage and how to keep from fighting with your wife seven days a week, 24 hours a day, how to get along with your kids and how to do this and do that, it's come to the front. If anybody wants to be in the family of God, come to the front. And then they lead them through the sinner's prayer, which is not found anywhere in the Bible, but who cares? That's what everybody does. What difference does it make whether that's in the Bible or not? Who gives a flying rip whether that's in the Bible? That's what we all do, you know, you come down, there's no call to repentance, there's no gospel being preached, there's no death, burial, and resurrection, there's no Paul saying, it's not I that live but Christ that lives in me. I died out to my old flesh. I had to find a new road. I had to find a narrow road. I had to get on that narrow road. I had to find that narrow gate. We don't hear any of that. And then after the prayer, it's welcome to the family of God. That's not in my Bible and that's not in your Bible. In fact, there's another call that pastor's ringing out this morning that's saying agonize. Agonize. And am I preaching to anybody here today? If I'm preaching to anybody here this morning, I'm preaching to pastor. Pastor, get on that narrow road. I've been called narrow-minded before. I take that as a compliment because the narrow road is the one I want to be on. God help us. Isaiah 5 and 20, Brother Ryan, read it. Woe to those who call evil good. Woe to those who call evil good. And good evil. And good evil. Who put darkness for light. Who put darkness for light. And light for darkness. And light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet. Bitter for sweet. And sweet for bitter. And sweet for bitter. Oh, God. Where are the agonizers? Maybe, as Ravenhill said so many years ago in that book, we need less organizing and more agonizing to find that narrow gate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't say you're going to win popularity contests. He said you're going to be hated for my name's sake. Paul said all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. 
Jesus said, he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. John said it so clearly in, in 1 John. He said, I'm sorry, they're no longer with us. But he said, they never were with us. Because if they had been with us, they would have never left us. And there's something to be said about committing to gospel truth. Can I get a witness from somebody? There is something to be said. He that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Isaiah 5 and 14. Therefore Sheol has enlarged itself. That word Sheol is death. And opened its mouth beyond measure. Yeah. The, their glory and their multitude and their pomp. Yeah. And he who is jubilant shall descend into it. Yeah. There you have it. 55 million people dying every day on planet Earth. 7,000, over 7,000 of them in North America. And we're not immune. The wise men said there's no discharge in that war. And people are walking that broad road. They're marching. They're, par- they're barreling down that road. They're having fun. We got it. We got it good in America, brothers and sisters. We got it. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. You see, it's those who thought they were righteous on that road that worries me, that bothers me. It's that Laodicean attitude, that lukewarm spirit. Those people in Ephesus had lost their first love. They're not there at the end, apparently. But Jesus had a word for Laodicea. Repent, be zealous, therefore, and repent, 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 repent. Proverbs 30 and 15 said there are three things that are never satisfied. For never say enough, the grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water and the fire that never says enough. You see, the first thing they built in the old west days, they picked out a spot in that community to have a cemetery because a lot of people are dying and you're not gonna escape that war. There's no discharge. And Jesus is saying to the disciples, you need to agonize and you need to fight that narrow way. I don't know if I'm getting through to you today or not. I hope I am. I pray I am. I pray somebody's hearing the call this morning. There's a point, there's a place where we gotta stop and take a good look and ask the question, what road am I on this morning? Am I on the broad road? Don't just go with the crowd. The crowd will get you in trouble. The crowd's not the place I wanna be. I wanna be on that narrow road. Why do you want to be on this narrow road? It's the road to Hana. It's narrow. It's constricted. I'm going to tell you, because those people on that narrow road, they have their eyes on the end of the road. Amen. They're not living for today. They're living for the end of this road. That's why they're walking that narrow road, because someday he said that road leads to life, and he's not just talking about a good life on planet He's talking about eternal life. Clap your hands to the Lord and stand with me this morning. Go ahead and clap your hands to the Lord as you stand. Clap your hands to the Lord. How many want to agonize? Find that narrow gate. I want to find that narrow gate. Always read that verse in Proverbs. It's in Psalms, actually. Precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. And I always have mixed emotions about that. If my father had lived, today would have been their 74th wedding anniversary. And mother says, she's probably watching me right now. She said, one day I looked up and dad walked through the door. I was so sure that it was dad. I just thought he walked through the door, Jerry. Her heart leaped. She realized he's gone. 
Because I don't look through God's eyes to you. We can. Precious in the sight of the Lord for the death of his saints. But it came to me as I was preparing to preach to you today. You see, he sees something I don't see. I'm on this narrow road. We deal with all of the things that happen to people who are alive. I'm looking at America and I'm saying, God, help us. We had a lot of dark history back there. But am I the only one frightened for our nation? You see, I'm caught up in this. And we have a little fellow up at St. Jude's with an operable brain tumor, four years old. Sometimes that road gets narrow, it's difficult. Jesus said that narrow road's difficult. I like to hike. I have, a, I have an app on my phone that's called, I forgot what it's called. It'll find you a hiking trail. We don't have any here. There are no good hiking trails here. So, my problem with hiking anymore, they have three levels. They have medium, they have hard, and they have easy. So, I've never taken a hard trail. It's something about my legs, my knees and my breath and breathing, climbing, going up. I'm pretty much ready for the easy trail. Walking on this trail, I'm concerned about people I pastor. Everything comes ahead of church. They're busy putting up treasures on earth. It's narrow. It's difficult. Commitments are called for. If any man will be my disciple, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. I don't know how long I've preached. I don't honestly care today. There's only one thing I care about. Is there anybody here that would be willing, not just today, as every head's bowed in this congregation, that would lift a hand and say, I'll agonize to find that narrow gate. Are you there? Are you out there? Can you make that commitment? I'll agonize to find that narrow gate. You're getting the call. It's Jesus saying, what are you going to do about it? I gave you the kingdom principles. What are you going to do about it? Well, I've already made too many mistakes. No, you haven't. There's entrances on this narrow road. You have to look for them. You have to agonize. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray somehow we will not get caught up with this carnal atmosphere that so much prevails in our world. I pray, oh God, you will help me not to let a love for the world seep in my life. I pray, oh God, that you'll heighten my senses. Don't let me get caught up in the rush the hustle and the bustle. I'm praying, oh God, you'll help me to look down to where I'm walking. What road am I on this morning, God? I want to know. I, I, I want to beware of false prophets. That's what you warned them of next. That's just telling me, take the easy road. God loves you. He overlooks your sin. He overlooks, all. no, 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 God. Don't let me get caught up in that world. I'm asking you, Father, do it for all of us. Every man and woman, oh God. 
Help us to leave the secular behind and let's strive for the spiritual, oh God. We should know every song that comes on in the restaurant. No, not unless it's a gospel song. Don't let me get caught up in the crowd. I want to be on the narrow way today. I'm praying it in the fear of God right now. You know, usually when I get to this place, you've already come to the altars because I'm preaching faith and I'm preaching miracles and I'm preaching somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost. But for some reason today, it's like we don't know what to do with an old throwback message like I preached this morning. Let me tell you what you do. You run to this altar. You do what Paul said to do. You examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. That's what you do. You pour your heart out. You die again. We're supposed to do it every day anyway. You ask yourself, what road am I on? Am I worrying about food, raiment, where I'm going to sleep tonight? Or am I buying into kingdom principles? What road am I on? What road am I on? Am I on the road to life? Yeah. difficult sometimes because everybody else is doing it the crowds do it the crowds going yeah but look at where they're going that road leads to destruction wake us up oh God 2019 in a crazy world We've got to be the salt of the earth. We've got to be light to the world. If the salt loses its savor, it's not good for anything to be trodden underfoot. Just throw it out to keep the grass from growing in the roads. It's not good for anything else. But we've got to be salt. We've got to be light. Oh God, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. We have a choice today, two roads, two gates, two groups of people destinations. What road are you on? We don't look at death like you, God. You're saying it's precious when a saint dies. God, we don't have your vantage point. We're not in the captain's seat. We're sitting back here. We can't see ahead. The road's difficult. Not always easy. But you said it would be difficult. But it's going to be worth it. He that shall endure to the end. The same shall be saved.
Somebody wake up before it's too late. Somebody wake up. Somebody's calling on you, Lord, right now. Somebody's calling on you, Lord. I want to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And I want to preach repentance, oh Lord. Let's everybody stand across the congregation. Link up with somebody right now and let's pray. Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said you got to be light, you got to be salt. And that greatest message about kingdom principle. Let's pray we'll still be light and we'll still be salt. We have a taste, we have savor. We don't want to be bland. We don't want to blend in with a crowd. We want to have a taste. Pentecost should have a taste to it. Should have a taste to it. a taste to it. No, we cannot lose the life. We didn't get here, oh God, by preaching a watered down Pentecost. We didn't come to this place by preaching a watered down Pentecost. Oh God, we're on a narrow road. It's a difficult road. We're going to walk it. We're going to walk it. 
He that shall endure to the end. Oh, yes. We're going to walk it, oh God. We're going to walk it. He that shall endure to the end. The same. The same shall be saved. Thank God we can be sanctified by the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we go on our way today, let's give God some praise. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. 